Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. Hey, hey, hey! Happy Halloween Eve to all of you. All my family's doing their trick-or-treating tonight. I imagine that's the norm. They also are off today and tomorrow for parent-teacher conferences. But anyways, you've reached the Locked On NFL Network. I got a house full of kids and family and craziness. Uh, recovering from a huge Halloween party we had here Saturday and back-to-back-to-back-to-back games of NFL yesterday. Lots to process, lots to talk about. And I got rave reviews from y'all about the Friday guest, Robert Flores and myself, Roflo and I going through like old-school ESPN times, uh, breaking down all the games. We will have to get him back. That was a blast, and I loved how he just took over as the host and set me up and it was a good time and uh let's talk about a little bit of that action from uh this past weekend and we'll start with yesterday or tomorrow or blah, 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 blah. Uh, we'll start with yesterday evening you know philly dallas you know the the narrative is you know this is the first of many quarterback duels between these two and you know wentz and prescott obviously um and I think that's true. You know, there's no question in my mind. I don't think either one was a dominant player. I thought Wentz greatly outplayed Prescott. He didn't drive the ball downfield a heck of a lot, but he was very accurate, very precise, short passing game. And that's what they asked of him. You know, I mean, that was that was the plan. Uh, it's sort of the Chiefs, Andy Reid, you know, now Eagles mentality of how to play offense. Plus, they're lacking in weapons, and, and there was more drops. You know, who's the top running back there? I still kind of am shocked. With all respect to Darren Sproles, and I like Sproles a lot, but uh, shouldn't Ryan Matthews get more carries? I mean, isn't he the bell cow of the group? Uh, they apparently don't feel that way. Uh, I, I like what we could become of, of Green Beckham. Yeah, I'm glad they made that move. Uh, once in a while, they do feature him. I think he's still very much a work in progress. But of all the teams out there, I look at Philadelphia and say, you should trade for Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> Second round pick for Alshon Jeffrey, boom, lock it up, put him out there every down. And the key here is not that Jeffrey isn't a, he is a great player. I'm a big fan. But now everybody's role goes down a notch. You know, all of a sudden, Matthews isn't your number one. He's a two slash slot. Green Beckham plays fewer snaps, but sometimes you put him out there with Jeffrey and you have these gigantic threesome with Matthews and Ertz and uh, maybe even Selleck. You know, have a huge group to throw to, red zone. Aguilar becomes less featured, which is where he needs to be. Maybe he's your four. So all the weapons then bump down a notch. I mean, to me, that's the team that needs to go out there and get Alshon. I mean, that would be perfect for my way of thinking here. But... As for Prescott, I think the heroics at the end were great, and I think he's the game is not too big for him at all, and he made up for some poor play basically through three quarters. He looked overwhelmed. He looked like a rookie really for the first time. But, man, this, this Eagles defense is really good, you know, and more and more I watch them, the more I like them. 
Um, they're fun to watch, you know, and, and same with Dallas's offensive line. That was a great matchup. Brandon Graham really beat up on Doug Free. And I've told you guys a couple times, Graham's one of the best defensive players out there. Um, but it, I also didn't quite understand why they got away from Elliott as much as they did in the second half either. I mean, it was a close game. And I thought he was maybe the best player on the field. I mean, he looked phenomenal. And I would have featured him more. I think it's a big boost to this team when Dez is out there. You know, again, it's a true number one. It makes all the other receivers' jobs a lot easier as they bump down the ladder. He made a couple big plays as he's returning to form. You know, this offense is going to be really good. Great game. Very even teams. You know, like when it's power rank time, I'm going to put these two very close to each other. Uh, what other couple notes do I got here? It's good to see Demarcus Lawrence. You know, uh, he, he he was very um, disruptive in the run game as much as the pass game. Uh, but Dallas really needs to work on their on their pass rush. I mean, to me, that's the number one problem with this team. And, and the Eagles' offensive line's playing pretty well too. Big V at right tackle has shaped up after that first week of um, problems, to say the least. Um, how about the fake punt? The <laughs> fake punt down in your own end by Dallas. I mean, it, it almost seemed like a slight move of desperation. Awfully gutsy. I mean, if you if you if it doesn't go for you, I think you lose that game. And they kind of knew it that they needed something like that. Um, pretty cool. Uh, Jim Schwartz was certainly dialing up more pressure in this game. Uh, it seemed like more and more as the game went on. We saw that a lot against Bradford and, and against Minnesota last week. Kind of we talked about, is that going to be a fluke? Or you know, is that a Bradford-centric game plan for last week? Or is that something we're going to see more and more of? I, I, my hunch is we're going to see more and more of it. And, and I think that got the Prescott a little bit mentally, made him rush a lot. Um, good teams, like I said, really good teams. This was a fun game. And another fun game was Cincinnati at, or not at, Cincinnati versus Washington across the pond. And I I sent out a tweet like, let's all bash the NFL because there hasn't been terrific, you know, on your heavyweight fights, 12-round classics every time that there's a primetime game on or a nationally televised game on. Well, first of all, there's a lot of Tashi televised games. It's hard to live up to that. And I'm not saying that's not true. You know, I've bashed Thursday Night Football, you know, for quite a while now. But this was a heck of a game. I mean, not only was it a tie, um, but it was an evenly matched game basically from the beginning. You know, we a lot of people were on. It wasn't a clear favorite, in my opinion. Um, I thought that Washington greatly outplayed the Bengals, though, in the first half. And they went into halftime, only a three-point lead. Um, and that made me scratch your head like, ooh, they might regret that. You know, that this that might not... They, they had a chance to not put them away, but they had a chance to be up 10, 13, something along those lines. And I think that game goes a lot different. And... You know, that, that's, a, that's how it goes. I mean, again, it's, it's a very evenly matched battle. Another more evenly matched battle that went on in this game that I, I think some don't quite want to give Josh Norman the credit he deserves for because A.J. Green put up big fantasy numbers and was great. But Norman, I give him credit. I mean, I'm not saying that he won the battle against Green, 
But it was questionable whether or not he would play in this game. He was hobbling around a little bit. Um, he drew many penalties. You know, several illegal hands-to-the-face calls in, in press coverage against Green. But, I mean, he followed A.J. Green, who might be the best receiver in the league. I mean, I know everyone talks about Julio and Odell and A.B., um, but Green's in that conversation and as difficult a matchup as you are going to find. He followed him around often in press technique um, all day, and I thought he hung in there pretty well. I mean, he also, he probably dropped two interceptions. I mean, what, what Josh Norman's picked those two off. That's all we're talking about is Norman's a stud, and he put, shut down A.J. Green. And, um, you know, I do think Green won that battle, but Norman hung in there all day long. And I think if he doesn't play, I mean, if when he was questionable going to this game, then you got Breland or whoever on him, and then I think it's a blowout, you know. So Norman being there, I think, was was gigantic. Um, as for Andy Dalton, like I mentioned, he could have thrown a couple more interceptions that he got away with. I, as you, most of you know, I'm not a huge Andy Dalton believer, but I am very much coming around on him of late. It's a big enough sample size that I'm impressed. I think he's a a strong quarterback, a, a starting NFL quarterback. But today was not his best day. Um, so I, I think that's worth noting. The their red zone offense has been a problem for Cincinnati, and today it was pretty good, and I think a lot of it was because of their running game. Uh, they, they ran the ball pretty well, especially in that area of the field. Uh, Washington's run defense still needs work. You know, Quarterback issues aside, I think when you look at the Redskins this offseason, priority quarterback decisions aside, not problems, uh, I think priority number one this offseason is we need to get a little bit better against the run. You know, like it wouldn't shock me at all if the Redskins' first round pick is a 300 pound defensive tackle, 3 4 defensive end type, or, you know, a do it all high upside D lineman player. And I think they're missing that guy now. And I like Baker and I like their, their, their edge players, but that's something that's going to need some work. Uh, back to the Bengals' offense. It's great to see Tyler Eifert back there. I'm so tired of talking about Tyler Eifert. You've heard me talk about it a million times. But I think it's coming to fruition that he certainly makes a big difference in this offense when he's there. And he's a tough cover. He's a really good player. Um, And meanwhile, kind of flip it over, Washington's tight ends with Jordan Reed. He was the other one that was questionable going into this game. And when I found out Norman and Reed were both healthy, I picked the Skins. You know, before that, I thought it, without them, I would have taken the Bengals. Uh, I guess I was neither was right, <laughs> neither was wrong. So there you have it. But Washington's tight ends, including Vernon Davis, obviously Jordan Reed, really abused the, the Bengals linebackers, safeties, middle of the field all game long. And Cincinnati has a problem there right now. Uh, perfect isn't what it used to be. They're missing a high impact second level player especially against the pass, uh, that's a problem area without without a doubt. And Cincinnati also, they missed a lot of tackles in this game. Um, Jamison Crowder also, he's not entirely the middle of the field player, but he's it's his second straight 100-yard game out of the slot, also picking on their slot linebacker, their slot corners, their linebackers. Um, so that, that was a good recipe here. You know, I mean, you, Kirk Cousins threw the ball 56 times. And generally speaking, you would say, that's not what you want. You know, I mean, I still think they're searching at the running back position. Matt Jones didn't play in this one. Um, what's his face? The dude that got the carries. 
he's a bulldozer straight ahead, run into you as hard as he can, get what's there. Physical wasn't going to make anybody miss. I think it's another, I guess I should mention that too, that yeah, they, they need to get a running back in this upcoming draft too. Second, third round pick type. That would make a lot of sense. But Cousins threw the ball 56 times. And you would say, ooh, that that's not what you want. But I thought they found a lot of matchups to their liking. You know, Crowder, Reed, the tight ends, the linebackers, like I mentioned. So that's something of note. Uh, I thought, it was, like I said, it was a well-played game, highly competitive game. Again, kicking issues, though. Kickers missing field goals this year. And the, the numbers are way down. This past weekend was, again, very poor showing collectively around the league by place kickers trying to put the ball through the uprights. And I have no reason why. You know, maybe in this game specifically, it was a different kind of turf. It's overseas. I'm just reaching here, maybe. But they warmed up there. They, you know, it wasn't their first time walking down the field. So I, I don't know what's going on with that around the league. But it's it's odd to me. Um, something to look into that's a, that I won't be able to figure out, to be honest. I don't know kicking and special teams, and I probably never will. Um, Dalton's overtime fumble actually was not exactly a high point either, but uh, what's neat about the, what's interesting about these two teams, you know, they, they get, they both go out of there with a tie. I'm sure like any tie, you'd say, boy, we, we had chances to win this one, but it was an even battle, um, against a, a, a different conference foe. Cincinnati has a much more favorable two. they, both these guys go in their bye weeks. Cincinnati has a much more favorable schedule of these two, um, coming out of the bye. And you could see the second half of their season being much better than the first. Uh, you know, write some things at the bye. I don't think they're a contender. I don't think they can challenge the Patriots or whatever. But uh, I, I think they'll be back in the mix. I also think Washington will be in the mix. But, boy, they have a really tough schedule after their bye. So something to keep note of, and especially as good as Philadelphia and Dallas looks, it's going to be tough to keep up in the East. All right, all right. Two more games on the slate to discuss today. Cards go to Carolina and get whipped. And, man, the first two, three, four, five, six weeks, seven weeks of the season, I was asked over and over and over, are these teams bad? You know, everyone thought of them as Super Bowl contenders. Can they get it back? Well, I mean, Carolina has dug themselves such a hole on the standings. But they played their recipe, and this is a really favorable and exciting start to a second half of the season. Again, like I said with Cincinnati, I think the second half of the season will look much better for Carolina than it will the first half, but they're in really a a rough, rough hole. But I kind of feel like we should have seen this one coming. I I picked Arizona. I thought they were the better team. They just tied Seattle, who I thought was an elite team. I thought Arizona's defense would be superb. I thought they were ready to turn the corner and get back to being a contender. I'm not saying they're not, but it looked like overtime game against Seattle and about the most grueling game you'll find. Cross-country road trip right after that against a Carolina team that's been embarrassed for the first half of the season and is coming off their bye well, the first half looked like that. It looked like a weary, beat-up, traveling team against a fresh, tenacious, wanting-to-prove-the-world, well-rested, after-their-bye type of squad. And at that point, it was really over. I mean, it really was. Um, 
talking about Carolina's defense, and to me that's the story, is their defensive ends aren't great. They weren't great last year, but they had some more production from them. Their defensive tackles were superb. You know, And Luda Lele, uh, he had three sacks in this game. Kawan Short was a total stud last year, total stud, and he's just been a guy this year. He's been out there, he's fine, but he, I thought he was great in this game too. If those two can get back to being dominating players, everything else on the defense should click into place. They blitzed a lot more in this game, and I think that's something Arizona is always going to see. Their blitz pickup this year has been really shoddy. That's surprising. You know, a highly vertical-oriented team in Arizona can't protect, can't pick up blitz. Their lines really hasn't been great. They're getting pressure up the middle in this game a lot. Palmer buys no time with his feet anymore. I mean, he was never exactly Michael Vick, but he's heavy-footed and looks old um, in terms of getting out of the way. Uh, he was sacked eight times in this game. So, I mean, obviously the Panthers are, are are happy with that performance. Such pass rush, such you know great play by their linebackers can mask average secondary play and their their secondary wasn't great last year but they, they definitely still miss a josh norman type there's no doubt about that um but short being back i think is is the huge key here if he can continue a similar level of play this defense should all fall into place and be quite good you know and again last year they had an insane number of turnovers so it was impossible to keep up um they're not going to get back to that level but if they can get the defensive line clicking, it'll be similar to where they were in the Super Bowl run. Um, what else we got from here? Yeah, I mean, they got to Palmer with four. They got them with the blitz, whatever. They also clearly were keying on taking David Johnson out of this game. I don't think people fear the, the Cardinals' deep passing game anymore. I think everyone realizes that you take Johnson away first and foremost, which is easier said than done. Great player. Um, but he, he had 10 carries, 24 yards. You know, I mean, So they obviously shut him down in a big way. Clearly won the line of scrimmage. Um, yeah, the cards were in catch-up mode much of the game. But still, I mean, I'm surprised he only got 10 carries. Man, uh, you look at the other side of the ball. I thought Newton, he may not have saved your fantasy team, but I thought he played a very, very good game in this one. Uh, I, I've been harping on this too. It's kind of like the Tyler Eifert situation where I just keep talking about it and talking about it. Getting James Stewart back and 100% is absolutely huge for this team. He's a really good player and fits the system to perfection. Uh, I thought Arizona's defense would be harder to beat up on than it was in this game. Although Carolina late in the game kind of sat on their hands a little bit. You know, They made it a little closer than it really should have been. Um, so I don't know what to make of Arizona. I really don't. I think they're loaded with talent. I think their defense can be amongst the best in the league. They are lacking an offensive identity right now. Line, quarterback, are both sort of suspect. Um, and, you know, is this a fluke game? I mean, they, did, they just went, they tied the Seahawks and they get beat bad by the Panthers, and if you if I would have told you that two months ago, you'd have been like, okay, I mean that's fine. That's you know those are two great football teams. These guys are all contenders, but it's not exactly how it's shaken out. I still think Arizona can be a player. I still think they can be a Super Bowl team. I mean it's possible, and I think the Panthers can really 
go on a run and you know maybe only lose one or two games the rest of the season. I think those things are possible. I mean, the season's not written yet, and I don't think I think it'd be a mistake to throw dirt on these guys' graves. But boy, Carolina, the, the hole they put them in, but themselves before the bye. I mean, losing to Tampa on Monday night. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that'll hurt them in a big way, and obviously in terms of getting into the playoffs, if they possibly can. And maybe I'm being way way too optimistic here. Maybe both these teams aren't nearly as good as I think. Maybe both these teams are better than I think. I, I can make an, an argument for both ways on that. Last game to discuss today. <laughs> Al Davis. you got to be loving this one. Just win, baby. Yeah, you commit 23 penalties for 200 yards. Record. 23 penalties. You go on the road across country. Granted, Tampa's not a great team. Miss two field goals. You lose the turnover battle. Commit 23 penalties, and you won. Obviously, we're talking about Raiders over Tampa. Again, I I, I shoveled dirt on the Bucks a while ago. I do not think they are a very good team. But the Raiders outscored them by 356 yards in this game. The Raiders are 6-2. and two. They're 5-0 and at home, so obviously do the math. They have three more road games in the rest of the season, so they're going to be home a ton, including this upcoming week against the Broncos, which will be a real statement game, figure out where they are. Um, but it's amazing that they get a win with all the things they did wrong in this game. And the biggest reason is, they, is Derek Carr. And I just wrote an article for The Score, it should be up tonight, about how he. I think he's playing... At a semi-MVP level. I mean, I know Tom Brady missed the first four games, but there's nobody in the league playing as well as Brady. I mean, he's on the MVP path, even if he only plays 12 games or 10 games or whatever. He's a dominant, dominant player. Matt Ryan is in that conversation too, and Matt Ryan played really, really well this past week. But I think Carr's second or third on that list, or you know, if, if the season ended today... Would he be the MVP? And that's something I'm going to do this week, by the way, is you guys requested that I do um, award show. Maybe that'll be Thursday. I don't want to skip Power Ranks this week because I skipped them last week to talk to Ross. Uh, so we will do Power Ranks on Wednesday. I think Thursday might be award show slash Thursday night preview. Maybe a Twitter question or two as opposed to heavy Twitter questions. But anyways, Carr's in that consideration, and he was phenomenal today. I mean, really... What I took away from this Raider game was they're studs. You know, the guys, the foundation players of this roster, of this team, Carr, Cooper, Mack, were the best players on the field. You know, I mean, Amari Cooper had 173 yards in this game, and 161 of them were in the second half. He had a dozen catches in the second half. <laughs> Dominant. I mean, and I like Hargraves, and Grimes is playing better than I expected. But Cooper was a dominant, dominant player and has all the makeup of a number one wide receiver. Him and Carr really have it going. Um, Mac has been slow. I mean, going into the going into the season, he was my guess, you know, my preseason um, vote to be defensive player of the year. Has not played like that at all. But this was his best game yet of the season that I can remember. And he was phenomenal. He looked like the last year version of Khalil Mack. It's kind of like the you know, kind of like the K1 short situation. If that's who you're going to get from here on out, look out. You know, I mean, guys that have been counted on to be elite that were just okay. If they can be back to the players we know they're capable of, 
look out. You know, I'm on board. You know, that would go a long, long way for this defense. Um, again, I encourage you to check out my article on the score. I'll, I'll be posting it on my timeline at Williamson NFL about Carr and where he's at right now. Um, Bucks tackled really poorly at the end of this game, you know, and we really saw it on the last play. Uh, a lot of run after catch. Yeah, some of that's Carr's accuracy. I don't have a lot to take away from the Bucks situation. I kind of feel for them right now. They're they're playing a little bit shorthanded. I don't have many concerns about Winston. Uh, they need more weapons. Uh, they seem to like their offensive line more than I do. Um, so that's where they're at. Again, they're a, a bottom feeder in my opinion. They're a bottom five, six team, something like that. Um, but there's things to build there at least. I mean, Evans to Win- Winston to Evans is is phenomenal. Yeah, Le- Levante David had nice a lot of nice plays in this one. Gerald McCoy. Also stood out. I like Hargraves, like I mentioned. So there's pieces in place. A, a real good draft class and a, a free agent addition or two could get them to an 8-9 win team, I think, without a whole lot of prognostication. But that's going to do it. Locked on NFL. I am Matt Williamson. This was phenomenal. Thank you so much for your time. Over and out. Progressive presents Mindfulness with Flow. You are a mighty fortress of supreme knowledge. Progressive Direct has not only revealed their rates, but those of their competitors. If you were any more in the know, you would be drowning in, you know, the know. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates, because knowledge is power. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.